Wedding Film School was like amazing. I still think that the bread and butter of a, a channel like this is to have proof of work. Just don't talk about what wedding filmmakers should do. Prove it. Show yeah, them. Totally. You know, show them. Stop seeing people as competition. Like there's just so much value and long-term benefit from building your credibility as someone who's helping and building instead of critiquing and tearing down. I just want to share that optimism to everyone. Hey everybody, welcome to the Wedding Film School Show. My name is Jared, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Jason McCutcheon. I'm not going to ask you how you're doing because we've literally because you been know how I'm doing. I'm we've doing been hanging out for the last two hours. I'm doing awesome. <laughs> I'm doing great. Um, I'm, I'm super excited about the show today because we have um, the founder of this channel. Craig Adams is on our show today. So when we when we took over the channel, Craig, I was like, this is my like one of my dream guests for the channel is to have Craig Ooh. Adams on. So Ooh. thank you for coming on today. Yeah, it's it's great to like be brought back into it. Like I've got this flood of wedding memories, going on shoots, editing weddings, but then also making wedding film school videos. Like I before this, I scrolled all the way down and like revisited memory lane with all the old wedding film school videos and like, damn. That was a lot of time, a lot of work, and yeah. uh, geez, yeah, just reflecting. So, so for somebody who maybe is new to wedding film school nowadays, um, what when did you start wedding film school? Maybe talk a little bit about like the beginnings, the origins of you know how it got started. Yeah, I started shooting in high school and just fell into it, probably like most people, just because it was cool to make money and have responsibility while doing the thing that I loved, shooting videos and making stories and editing. And then through college, that just kind of snowballed into more responsibility and more money. And uh, eventually, you know, sharing things that I get excited about and just helping people follow in my footsteps is just a natural thing that I'll always do, no matter what I'm doing. And teaching people how to shoot weddings and make money and gain confidence going to the wedding and also learning how to shoot and start their own YouTube channel like became almost more interesting to me than shooting the weddings in the first place. And uh, yeah, wedding film school was like amazing back in the day. There's probably a couple years. Yeah, it's damn, I'm getting old. Maybe five <laughs> or six years. I don't even know. Seven, six, four. I, I wanted, I think it was like six years. It was just Jeez. rocking and rolling. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you were like right in that time where YouTube was just like exploding. Like YouTube nowadays, I feel like is still like growing, exploding. They ever, everyone says YouTube is the, you know, channel. Um, but back then it was like the f full frontier. You're like a cowboy, man, <laughs> really, especially yeah. in the wedding filmmaking arena. Like you were like the OG, like, you know, putting out content. I talk to people all the time now and they're like, oh yeah, wedding film school. Like, yeah, man, I learned everything I know from Craig Adams, like back in the day. So um yeah. yeah all all of my success is always attributed to one thing just taking information in the dark and putting it in the light so as far as sharing knowledge that people told me not to share like when i started making videos explaining what i made with weddings like how you can do a phone call with a bride or groom and even sharing that live and recording that call like all of these things were so faux pas and i had so many older, more experienced wedding filmmakers in the industry, just like kind of privately messaging me being like, don't do that. Like, this isn't the way we do it. Like you're going too far. You're oversharing. And, um, 
yeah, I love to push those boundaries. And that has always been the reason why I've ever had any success. Just bringing information from the dark into the light. Love it. Hey, so before we get into today's show, we're going to do a little segment we like to do called Three Questions with Craig Adams. You ready for this, Craig? Oh, boy. Yeah, here we go. So the first question we always ask is, what's in your kit? Yeah, I make that really easy for people to know. CraigAdams.com is just a grid of images of my current kit. And then each film that I make, I will easily list out all the tools that I use to bake in with that moment in time. Um, but right now, I just bought an A7S Mark III, my baby, uh, with a 12 to 24. And that's the only camera and lens I have right now. Got a nice microphone on top because I'm shooting travel stuff and hiking and I just love the GoPro wide angle, but with a good camera and with good low light. I think it's, I'll share what I do and I'll do what I do, but I think it's so unique to have an ultra 12 millimeter on full frame with good quality and in like the dark. <laughs> like that's, I never see that on YouTube. So I think it's unique, especially for landscape and POV style, you're here with me footage the second question we have for you is tell us about a film you've made recently that you're really excited about yeah the last video that i've uploaded to youtube was a trip to guatemala and it's been hard to research and plan and execute any trip with everything going on um, but i feel like it represents a new era of the type of video that i'm trying to create kind of going back to my roots as far as just sharing more of my personality while traveling and just the raw documentation of my exploration instead of just always trying to do like the biggest baddest hike and teaching people how to go and do the same thing it's more teaching people how to travel and live and be happy and travel well uh, so you know that the format of my videos have changed and i think going forward that's definitely where i'm going to lean more and guatemala is just beautiful like active volcanoes seeing lava for the first time oh like, like just getting to see that while you're outside of your tent while you're sleeping you see these giant eruptions of of lava like hundreds of, of feet into the air it was and feeling it and i didn't get any sleep that night because the volcano kept me out but damn that that was a fun trip and i recommend anyone to go check that video out because you're gonna want to go craig i was i was gonna say yeah. I, something that i really appreciate about your your recent work and your recent films is just it's so refreshing because you feel like you're actually there you know t I, the thing i like about your films is you're just like sifting through you know markets looking at what people are offering you uh, it's like a visual escape from you know this hell that we've been in the last year or so that film and and recent films as well it's just been uh yeah like a breath of fresh air so i i am curious about the trend of travel what am i satisfying with these videos is it pe inspiring people to get out there and do it or am i supplementing that entire mm. thing and just doing virtual like sit in your sit on your couch and experience the exact same things that I did. Like I'm going to travel and do these experiences and just bring them to you. Like, is that more of what I'm doing or am I just creating ads for people to go out and do this thing? And I'm starting to realize like, yeah, not everyone has been on a plane. Not everyone can afford to go do these things. And some people will almost never fly and travel to different countries in the world. And, you know, people, can still get some value out of just like watching and experiencing these trips from their home and uh i think that's still valuable yeah i would i would say so i i, I would agree craig how do people find you these days i try to make that as easy as possible craigadams.com it's a single place for all of the nodes of you know it's, it's a menu you can scroll down the menu 
find what your appetite is, what you want, and then, you know, consume my content on wherever you want. I, I used to be more of a diva being like, <laughs> you have to just follow me on YouTube. And that's the only place where you get my work, my updates, and you're able to connect with me. But these days I'm starting to realize that like, not everyone knows what Twitch is or c consumes Twitch or even Twitter for the example. Like, it's just better to be able to be reachable on everything and, uh, you know, spread the wealth. <laughs> That's great. So YouTube is probably my, my bread and butter, but on craigadams.com, you'll find Instagram, Twitter, Twitch, uh, soon to be OnlyFans. So we'll see about that. <laughs> I'm thinking about just starting with like just dirty pictures of my feet after hikes. <laughs> I think that would be a good troll. So it's definitely a niche market. That's for sure. <laughs> it'd be hilarious. Just like on the trail and then like right before the shower, just dirty feet. <laughs> Somebody would be into it. Awesome. Why not? It's funny. All right. Yeah. It's funny. Look, I'm just going to be completely honest with you. Can we be a little bit transparent here? I'm gonna tell you one of my deepest, darkest secrets. I actually really don't enjoy editing that much. <laughs> if you were to give me the option between shooting and editing, I would pick shooting 11 times out of 10. And if you've been editing and, and doing video production for any length of time, you know that dread in your heart as you know, wedding after wedding after wedding keeps on mounting up, piling up on your backlog. It really sucks. I hate it and I'm sure you do too. So what can you do about it? You can of course ignore it, it's not gonna go away. You can hire a video editor to work on staff, maybe it costs you 50 to 60 grand plus taxes, or you can simply reach out to our friends at No Backlog. They make it super easy to knock out edits while you focus on other more important things like growing your business and making more money. And that's what it's all about, right? Save time and money by working with a professional, reliable, and affordable video editing partner. And get your life back today. You can spend more time with your kids, with your spouse, with your important other person, or you can simply just play more video games. I don't care. This is a no judgment zone, man. So make sure you're visiting nobacklog.com and get started today. Hey, Craig. So like I said, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, really, really means a lot to us. And I know it's going to mean a lot to people on the channel. I was telling you, people you people still um, look back on the days of the BTS videos from Craig. And, you know, they still love those films. They still mean a ton to this community. And so I just wanted to say that to you, just give you an opportunity to hear that, that what you're doing and what you did for wedding film school still makes an impact people still watch those videos they still comment and they still learn a lot so thanks a lot man yeah i was really grateful to have that era of my life i wouldn't trade it for the world um you know it's gotten me to the point where i am and like looking back on those videos it makes me realize like how much time and effort and work it was just to do that and uh it was really fun yeah so you've kind of moved from doing you know you were a full-time wedding filmmaker you know, like you had mentioned, getting into a little bit more of just being interested in YouTube itself as, you know, Wedding Film School grew, you created your own channel. 
Um, maybe talk us through a little bit about that journey for someone who maybe hasn't been following you or hasn't been following you in a while. Um, what did that look like, kind of transitioning from wedding world to travel world? Yeah, I think with everything that I get into, I kind of find some level of success. And then once it's just easy, uh, I move on to something challenging and kind of take that success with me uh, onto the new endeavor and taking, you know, moving from weddings to what I was more interested in was just like daily vlogging and showcasing myself as the content, as the personality, uh, rather than, you know, uh, renting out my time and energy out to clients to record and document their day. I was just more interested in experimenting with documenting my day and uh, sharing whatever I was interested in and packaging that as content and then sharing it. And that moved more into the travel space. But yeah, I was just ready for a change and uh, moved on. There's it's one thing that I love about weddings is like, it's where a lot of us get our entry point, right? It's definitely where we got our entry point. Like yeah. I went to school, I got hired on as a DP at a, a production company down in Texas. But I was like, you know what, this isn't really what I want to be doing. Moved back home, I was doing school, and that's how I met Jason and how we started Stop Go Love, our, our wedding film brand. And um, it was like, hey, we just want to buy cool gear so we can make cool content, right? Well, and you want to be your own boss. It's like your first opportunity to make art, get paid for it, and be your own boss. So it's pretty incredible. Yeah, but we didn't even know that we were going to start a business back then. It was just like, mm. we want to just have cool gear, so how do we do that? We can get into weddings and and make enough money to maybe pay it off and then 12 years later it's like here we are we have 401k plans like you know we have all these things that we put together um and it kind of evolves but for some people it's just like hey this is how i break in this is how i get gear and then i can figure out what i want to actually do with this gear once it's paid off through weddings or whatever um it's certainly i, I think weddings are a good just entry point for a lot of people out there and um yeah it seems like that that was it for you, you know, moving on to, to bigger and better things, right? It is so exciting becoming your own boss because then eventually you'll have no one to tell you, you know, what you have to do. You know, you'll, you'll make small concessions for income from clients, but it's the step in the right direction to just doing what you want, how you want, where you went, where you want. And, uh, yeah, I get it. I recommend everyone to start trying to, uh, make wealth, build wealth because it gives you more freedom. And uh, yeah, that helps you do even more stuff. <laughs> yeah, freedom is the name of the game. That's, that's what it, you get man. from being a wedding. You know, some people, it's like, it's a means to an end, right? It's like, I'm doing weddings so I can really do what I wanna do. And, that, and I love that aspect of weddings. And then other people are just like, I love weddings. Like, I think I definitely went through a phase and you know, it's peaks and valleys, right? Of, of anyone's career. Um, but I went through a phase where it's like, do I really wanna be doing weddings? It's like. I'm good as a filmmaker. I could be doing documentaries. I could be pursuing this. And then I kept on coming back to like, you know what? Like I get to party with people for a living and that's something I really love to do. And it was like, that's the direction that long-term I want to be pursuing. And I want other people to be involved and maybe introduce other young filmmakers to filmmaking. Um, and it was just, you know, I, I love weddings, man. I think, I think they're <laughs> a lot of fun. Even, even after 12 years of shooting them, um, I, when it comes to your journey, do you feel like you were getting more burnt out on weddings or it really was more like, 
I just have different interests at this point. Or, or did you experience some form of burnout towards the end? Yeah, those are yeah. definitely two different things. Realizing what you are interested and passionate about and noticing that, how it changes and how it builds and fades. And But then there's also, like I said, you have a goal. Usually it's good to have some kind of goal within any kind of endeavor you're doing. And as you find the success and finally hit that point, use that built up stored energy that success to springboard onto the next thing it's good to see your your work as like eras and it's just once i got the success of wedding film school and had some kind of potential energy to spend somewhere i could have started a new era of wedding film school and kind of done you know what what you guys are kind of doing you know making it more of a community building it out making it more of a business um, just branching out and making it more fun and more profitable but I just took that energy and moved it into something else because, you know, deep down, I kind of realized I just the, my motivations for starting to do weddings in the first place didn't come from self discovery. It just came from uh, happenstance and being able to make money doing something that I loved was great. But yeah, I, I think that's right. Like there could have been a, a different version of the universe where I just at that moment, I just upgraded when wedding film school and stayed within the industry and did things differently. Like I absolutely see a lot of crossover with what that could have been with what I'm doing right now. Probably would have done more travel. I probably would have rebranded in a sense, uh, the, the actual client side of the wedding film school, uh, page probably would have been focused for travel, uh, young, you know, millennial new age wedding couples who want to go on a trip and celebrate uh, their union instead of just have more of a traditional big party uh, in their hometown or something. And that would have paired really nicely with just sharing my experience traveling, shooting this thing. And I could have even done hikes alongside each wedding if it's more of a destination thing. Uh, but you know that, that would have been a great goal to move towards with that stored potential energy. I just you know moved on to the next thing. <laughs> I think just in general, like, we were talking before the interview started just about, man, like just basically stuff is hard. <laughs> like everything, everything you work, there's like, and I think in general, like one of the things when you're first starting out, which most of the people watching the channel, you know, they're starting out, you know, they're, they're new in the game and which is great. We want to be a resource to those people. If you're watching and you're new um, and you're getting started out, this is a great place to learn. But one thing that you don't know when you're starting anything is like, we had talked about like the word burnout and like, just like the grind of like, <clears throat> we always talk about only like 5% of wedding filmmakers make it past year five. People who start out. And some of it is, you know, talent and market opportunity and there's a lot of reasons. But one of the number one reasons is the, the whole idea of like burnout. They run, they just lose all the creative energy and stuff. Is that something that like, you can relate with when you back when you were in the wedding filmmaking world, like feeling just like uninspired or feeling like you, you just didn't have any more to give. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we all feel that I felt it back then. I just didn't know what it was. I, I can define it much easier and see why it happens and how to fix it uh, much more these days. It's very easy to work on something that you're passionate about and I'll more than not go for sprints. So, I'll, I'll do a sprint of heavy work and then take a rest and then reevaluate and then do another sprint of work. And it's more of a marathon of sprints. And 
the burnout happens when you just don't see the value of all of the hard work that you're doing. You know, it's kind of maddening to put a lot of time and effort and work into something, but not to see any kind of yield or benefit or value. And a lot of that comes down to noticing long-term versus long, short-term versus long-term value. If you're putting a lot of hard work into something that's not profitable or getting the attention, but you know down the road it will pay off at some point, it's much easier to keep going. And a lot of people give up because they don't see that long-term value. They don't see the short-term value. So what's the point? So they give up. But if you are good at you know, evaluating what I call wisdom, being able to tell and analyze and see the long-term effects rather than the short-term, you know, you, your hard work will pay off eventually. And uh, obviously there are ways to boost that efficiency to make that future happen sooner. Uh, but a lot of people just don't see that long term and give up. Tell us about what it's like to do these travel vlogs. Like, give us some insight. Some, give me, give me some BTS of what it looks like to be a travel vlogger and like what it feels like to put those productions together. Because um, I can barely walk up uh, Mount Monadnock in my area. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm imagining like, I, actually, here's my travel. This is my wedding hiking story. Um, we did a wedding last, you know, two summers ago and they're like, the bridesmaids were like, we're going to go on a hike the next day. So we had all this gear and they're trying to go on this hike and they're like, Oh, we think it's like a quarter mile. No, this was a two mile hike. <laughs> and I was like, I like no. a quarter mile up the mountain. I'm like, see you guys. I'm out. <laughs> I just walked down. <laughs> so I can't imagine like just doing that for like yeah. the level that you're doing it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, knowing what you're getting into is important for anything. Uh, and that's a big aspect of what I'm doing better now than I was before. Like I started hiking two years ago. Like I'm just about to come up on the two year anniversary of like my first hiking film. And I feel so much more experienced just because I can know, I know how many miles I can do. I know the amount of calories I need. I know exactly what to bring for different ex ex uh, weather situations. And yeah, e even just going on the trip itself, like there's just so much more research that I do just to make sure to uh, hedge the bet that it will be a bad trip. You know, I don't want to waste my time. It's just so much time and energy to go on a trip to an international country to create something and go through all of this work to hype up, hike up a mountain, edit and upload versus, you know, the, the opposite, opposite of that would probably to be sitting on your couch, tweeting, creating content. You know, it's just a lot more risk to go and put yourself out there to spend this time to do it. So I, I'm just doing more research to make sure that it's a good idea versus just do it and hope it works out. But as far <laughs> as the actual hike, I love it. I love the challenge of it, the minimalist aspect of me. I love trying to find the balance of like the smallest, lightest gear kit where I can still have fun and be safe. Uh, it's just a, a beautiful equation of like balancing those two things and I just I love accomplishing the goal of doing the hike as quickly and efficiently as possible. And are these hikes usually you're doing them solo? You're not bringing someone along? Yeah, so I, you can do whatever. And it's really fun to sit around a campfire with a bunch of people, get drunk, have couch, uh, chairs. <laughs> I've missed chairs when I'm, I'm doing these <laughs> intense hikes. Uh, the small comforts are great when you're with friends. But when I'm by myself, I don't feel bad about getting into a risky situation or a tough situation i almost welcome it because i love feeling the bottom feeling the foundation getting through it and then knowing that i can get through anything 
because it makes everything that's more cushy than sleeping in the mud in the rain at night with no tent uh, much easier. You know, I, I you just take for granted all the nice things about the world once you you uh, put yourself through hardship like that. Yeah, I, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> now, when you're out there, are you doing any kind of like post production on the road? Or are you just kind of like shooting it all, getting a bunch of cards, and then bringing them home and, and doing the work once you get home? Yeah, and how does batteries? How are you how are you doing that with all those batteries? Yeah, Sony Z batteries are kind of a game changer when it came came to camera batteries. Uh, I'll take an external just to I know exactly how much battery I use for my phone. Like my phone on airplane mode, using all trails, tracking, taking the occasional photo, and listening to the occasional podcast every so often. I'll get two days worth with my iPhone, so I just have to have enough battery to charge it if it's a four day hike. You know, once. Um, same thing with camera batteries. If I have a drone, you know, I, that's definitely the hardest thing to keep charged. Uh, so I'm just way more efficient and I plan out the shot before I send the drone up. Same thing with the camera. You know, these, these, the, the technology is like kind of getting to the point where we're going to have to stop. We, we don't have to worry about this as much in the future. So I'm, I'm pretty happy with the battery life, uh, but I'm definitely carrying more weight than most people who aren't documenting the hike. But the value I get from that extra weight of making a video and uploading it, you know, it's greatly outweighs the extra 10, 15 pounds. So it works. Cool. And are you editing on the road? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. I, I, um, I used to edit as I shot for like daily vlogs back in the day. And I just remember that experience being terrible. So from that point <laughs> on, I learned the hard way that there's like a documentation phase and then once you're take a shower and you have coffee and you can sit and focus with Wi-Fi, then that's when you edit. So I, I enjoy editing as soon as I document, like once I'm back in town. Um, but like editing as I was hiking would be insane. But I do enjoy, you know, sitting in town and editing. And I will focus on one project at a time. So if I go on a hike, it'll be uploaded within the next two or three days, probably. And um, I think that helps because it's fresh in my mind. Mm. It also comes back from the hardships of weddings. Like you don't have to do this, but it was just a, a thing that happened. Like I would shoot a wedding and then maybe start editing it like a month or two later and then upload it like a month or two later after that. Sometimes like six months until like shooting to uploading. It just kind of drove me crazy. It didn't have to be like that. I don't know why. I mean, so, so are you talking about your <laughs> BTS videos mainly or your actual uh, films I, I for I the just, clients? Yeah, I was talking about the actual films for the clients, but shooting the BTS even adds more time and work on top of that. That's those videos are so intense. Like mm. the amount of work that goes into those, like, I, you know, I'm like planning out all the content for the year and we're going to do some BTSs because we think Ooh. that's valuable. So we'll probably do like six of them. Um, Good to hear. Yeah, we're going to be actually doing one. We're trying to, gonna try to do one. We have a weekend where we have nine weddings. Mm -hmm. So we're going to try to do nine. We're going to try to make a film called Nine Weddings, Three Days and just see how that goes. <laughs> so we're telling the channel now. We're going to try, guys. <laughs> um, but like in general, when I look at that stuff, I'm like, okay, so creating a wedding film is hard enough documenting the amount of footage documenting you documenting it is a whole other level like yeah like that must have i watched some of those films and like this must have taken forever to make yeah you should get a crew to follow the crew shooting, the crew. shooting <laughs> it's like really mad just keep going just keep going uh, hire, hire some kid with an iphone just to shoot a handheld tiktok my goal experience. is to finally arrive in someone's living room 
<laughs> you should record the act of consuming the BTS. Yeah, just do a full circle. No, it'll oh be God. it'll be it'll end up being the big twist will be the bride is actually end up filming our documentary. Ah, so that's yes. the twist at the end of the day. Yeah. Yes. Um, I love it. I think, it's, do it. <laughs> I think it's, yeah, at the end, like, be like, who's shooting this all along? And it's, <laughs> it's the bride. Um, I think it's interesting. I think you bring up a good point because, I, I mean, I'm definitely one of the biggest procrastinators in the world. Um, at least I thought so until I got into the wedding world and I was like, oh, Dude. I'm not alone. <laughs> it seems mm-hmm. like no matter what level of, like, wedding filmmaking, and maybe it's just creatives in general, like, we just have such a knack for, like, putting things off until the last minute. It's why I was an awful student in school. Well, like, you know, creatives, I, I don't know why. Creatives exclusively like the idea of uh, some, not all. Many exclusively like the idea of the crafting part. They don't like to finish anything. They don't even care if there's a finished product at the end of the day. Like, it's like, it'd be like if somebody was like, I really like whittling, but they never ever made anything. They just whittled at mm-hmm. a piece of wood. And I think... That's just like, that's a part of who we are. It's like the, the muscle of creating something, you enjoy flexing it from time to time, but you don't oftentimes think about like, I got to finish this. Like be, it, the second it becomes a job for someone, it, that, to many, that's a negative. The second you have to finish something, I, I, you know, I think I've seen that time and time again. And just putting up with it was one thing that I reflect on as something that I would have changed if I knew the knowledge I know now. It, like if you shoot a wedding and then you have all this footage and you just don't want to edit like uh, an hour long, whatever, something, uh, you need to automate that process to make it happen with people who might be more interested in doing that. So mm-hmm. having the leverage for that, or you just need to redesign the environment that produced that expectation. So if you want to shoot weddings and only upload like minute uh, highlights, just a minute from an entire wedding, like there's a there could be a market for that, especially if you, you know, find the right people and make it happen. So you shouldn't just do what you don't want to do. Like you should make a change so that it never happens again. But time and time again, I would just put myself in that situation. And I think if you have a backlog and you hate it, you know, that's evidence that something isn't working. That's a good point. That's yeah. a good point. But go, but going back to the BTS, uh, that I'm excited to hear that you guys are doing that because I was super like I thought that was the golden goose, the 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 magic you know sauce, because the That's moment the I started thing. shooting weddings, I wanted to do something like that because I saw all these reality TV shows just like showing and sharing the process, and I thought once I saw the drama and the excitement of especially shooting a same day edit. That's just a whole other layer on top of just shooting mm. a wedding and documenting it. Uh, so I'm excited to hear that you guys are doing that. Yeah. Our our, uh, our our listeners and and viewers from South Korea and is it the Philippines? Huge. Like I don't find that same day edits are really much of a thing anymore, except in those two kind of countries like Southeast Asia. So they've been they've yeah. been asking us to do same day edits, and we're like, we just don't really do them. Over I've here. never done a same day edit. Yeah, I never actually I remember. So like our background, Craig, we had a wedding film company and we grew our company. We do like 120 weddings a year. And so we grew our company. We have teams. We have employees. You know, we it, like exactly what you said is kind of what we actually do. It's like, I don't want to do that crap. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. Only stuff we want to do. Pared down, down exactly what we want to make. No, we don't do documentary edits. We don't do same day edits. We don't do anything we don't want to do. Um, because 
It's not cost efficient. It's not fun. It adds stress. It adds failure points, all that. But I remember like when I first kind of, we were not plugged into the wedding community at all. I knew no wedding filmmakers until two years ago, probably. Um, just, I don't know. We just did it. And so we were kinda, snobby. We were like, nah. maybe, maybe who knows? Well, like, it's like the only wedding filmmakers we knew were like the guys with like the photo vests who were kind of like a holes to us <laughs> growing up. So well, mainly it was just like, I didn't see the need. I don't know. I think with the internet, yeah, I mean that that's what opened it all up to us is we were just like, Oh yeah, Th- there's just no, no competition. Yeah. So we didn't know, yeah. but it, I think it's like a default for people to see competition and like to compete with people. But I think that's like a zero sum game and there's enough weddings around the world and you can just get so much more value from working and connecting with these people rather than competing against other wedding filmmakers. Totally. Well, that's what we always say too, is like, there's huge potential. Like only one in two brides get a videographer. We're like, there's a huge, you know, higher ceiling here, guys. Like there's, there's really no competition. It's like you're competing for somebody just getting videography. That's where the real competition is, is just expanding the market, making it so that everyone gets more work. So I think that's a, that's a great point. But I was, I was gonna say though, when you, when I found out that people were doing same day edits, I was like, what is wrong with these people? <laughs> <laughs> Why would you do that to yourself? <laughs> and it makes sense when you're like, oh, I wanted well, to rush. I guess it's- yeah, it's like, what's, what's the value? You could start at the minimum viable product and that would probably be like a photo. <laughs> so just <laughs> yeah. give them like one photo to share on their socials from your video, like the best thumbnail. I guess that's like the, the simplest form of your video is a thumbnail and then go from there. Like after you always deliver a beautiful, awesome thumbnail for them to share on Instagram or whatever, uh, you can give them like a 30 second video for TikTok or Instagram or wherever they might want to share. And there can be a lot of value in having that immediately at the reception. And it probably takes, I don't know, just a little extra work. Uh, you know, you just got to f- balance the value that you get out of delivering that versus the actual work that it costs to, to produce it. Yep. You don't have to do a full fucking <laughs> like presentation thing. <laughs> yeah, I was watching one of those. I was like, this is so stressful. I was like, my hands were sweating just thinking about getting that projector set up. <laughs> now knowing the way you are, I'm like, he had to. Craig had to do it that way <laughs> for him to get any excitement out of it. <laughs> in, in hindsight, I would have done it a lot differently but I still think that the bread and butter of a, a channel like this is to have proof of work. It goes yep. back to that. Like just don't talk about what wedding filmmakers should do. Prove it. Show yep. them. Totally. You know, show them. Totally. I think that's a great, that's a great word of advice could, for us. You could us. probably produce a hundred, <laughs> you could probably produce a hundred videos on wedding film school with like three fully covered documented days. Like just all of the single topics uh, with video, like visual, beautiful, emotional, evidence for the things that you're trying to teach and share. Yep. Yeah. Well, we all know this, like we've all been in, I don't know, tens to hundreds of weddings, whatever we all did. But at the end of the day, like it's about people, like it's about people and connecting with people and creating those like relationships, even with other vendors. It's not, you know, just, you know, the, the couple it's like, each other the team if you're shooting with other associates like the relationship side you you know it's i can say all i want on a podcast or in a you know a five tips video or whatever like be nice to other vendors 
treat them with respect, be a good team member until you see it, what it really means like to be a good team member. It's hard. Like you don't get it until you see it. Mm-hmm. You're, you're about to go on a, a trip. Is that right? I've been, I've had a couple researched, uh, Peru was supposed to be happening right now, but that fell through just with lockdowns and regulations changing. Um, I, I do have a trip planned to Colombia, which I'm trying to execute. Uh, I, I keep my schedule aggressively open, <laughs> so I have nothing on my calendar. But the one to two days before, like my next one to two days is always filled with whatever's important. So. I could very well book a plane ticket for tomorrow and be in Colombia within like, you know, 48 hours. So I was, that happens. I was really surprised. I think I might be going down to Bolivia in like April at some point for maybe like five days or something like that. But I was surprised all these countries were still open, but they, it seems like they're all very much encouraging people to come down. So that, uh, that should be cool. How, how have you found COVID to just impact your filmmaking and, and your storytelling lately? Yeah, a lot of my films are travel-based, and things get a little different domestically when winter rolls around. I definitely had a mad dash for content just to satisfy sponsorship obligations in October and November, just before everything was completely snowy. So I think I got like four or five videos out uh, from one trip with my brother, which was something I don't want to ever do again. <laughs> so, you know, I, I have a lot of questions about how I make money and how I rent out my time and the attention of my audience that I'm building going forward. So maybe more subscription model, more selling my own product, whether it's merch, prints or education. But then even education is something that I'm reevaluating. Like I, I'm questioning the the benefit of the balance of authenticity and how much people trust my word versus how much money I can make. And I'm starting to move more towards in the direction of any education, any advice I give should not be tied to profit, uh, just to increase the uh, authenticity of my word and and the motivations behind me trying to help people. So just trying to reevaluate that. Um, Yeah, COVID has been kind of tough, but I think we over... We, we give a lot more weight to the things that we don't know. So I think the more that I do learn about what I can do and what I can, where I can travel and what I can still do as far as shooting travel films, I'll find that it wasn't as bad as I thought. Um, you know, obviously still doing it with respect. And I think traveling with masks and all that is just something that's probably going to be, you know, a thing now. So I'm excited to get there. And uh, I think especially New York, this spring, this summer, it's going to be wild. It's going to be awesome. I'm excited. Optimistic. Me too. As much as I feel like my life was uh, somewhat robbed over the last year, like everyone, it's not just mine. It didn't happen to me. It happened to us. But um, I am, like you said, I'm excited about what the summer is going to bring. I'm, I'm excited about weddings. I'm excited about, I don't know, going to the pool and just doing some normal stuff. Like it's going to be so much sweeter. What, what's New York like these days, Craig? Different. The streeteries are probably the most visual difference. Uh, you can get a sense for less people. I personally just had a lot of friends leave. Yeah. So like most people, I switched a lot of my social connection online and just trying to, you know, switch how I connect with people. 
uh, the, the small amount of people that I do hang out with in person, I just treat them with such tender love and care. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I just value the time that I get to like talk to people in person so much more. You know, you don't know what you have until it's gone. And I still love New York. My, my rent, the place that I'm in right now is just super cheap. So I snagged that up. They got the COVID special. <laughs> and um, yeah, just trying to find the balance of being here in New York, but also traveling and switching a lot of my endeavors more online than in person. It's like in person isn't going to go away. It's just going to become more valuable. It's going to become a luxury good mm -hmm. <laughs> as everything moves on to the interwebs. Everyone, everything's more precious now, like the way we evaluate things. And, and I think that's a good thing. Especially the, the, when it comes to weddings. Like I, I tell, I talk to brides all the time and I'm like, how much sweeter is it going to be now? Like actually getting to be around each other, you know, still somewhat social distance right now, but well, yep. it's going to be so much sweeter. Like the celebration, being around people, like being around family. And like, I think as wedding filmmakers, it's something to evaluate and think about like, Hey, you get to be amongst just people gathering together. That's different. That's awesome. Like this is going to be really exciting. And um, that's something I'm looking forward to this summer. People are going to be freaking crazy. They're I'm going to drink way too much. Well, I've always <laughs> said like, when I hear people who are like, I don't want to make weddings. I want to make real art. And I, and I'm like, well, like I understand you, not everyone wants to make weddings and that's okay. But to diminish the art, I think is a mistake because what other art do you get to make in your whole life? That is someone's favorite piece of art. Most of us never get to make someone's favorite piece of art, but wedding filmmakers, chances are you get to do that multiple times a year. You're giving something to someone and it's their favorite piece of art they've ever bought is a wedding film for them, you know, them That's and their family. And it's like, for me, mm -hmm. it's like, that is what it means to be an artist is to speak to people and to, and, and to connect in that way. And, and like, I feel it as a privilege to shoot weddings and, and that's, that's why we do it. But, but I think a lot of wedding filmmakers, they get a little, um, disillusioned and almost like, um, it becomes all about them maybe at some point. And, and I think just kind of recentering ourselves with COVID, I think a lot of people are going to show up and this whole idea of capturing someone's wedding is going to be a lot more special for them. And I'm excited about that for, even for me. Cause I, I can, I can show up and just be like, mm. all right, here's my job. Da, 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 do it autopilot like everyone else. But when I think about it, I think COVID's helped me be more appreciative. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah. I, I would even dis just disagree with the entire premise of responding to feedback like that. Like you even having to defend that idea that wedding films aren't art kind of gives them fuel to even come up with, you know, a, a random feedback criticism like that. Like, so it, none of it matters. Just do what you love yep. to do. And as far as weddings in the COVID era, they're going to be even more in demand. Like it's going to be a heightened luxury good. And you're exactly true. Like the in-person experiences that we do get are going to be treated with tender love and care. And people are going to be willing to pay even more to document it. So demand for wedding filmmakers, good wedding filmmakers are going to go up. Um, the quantity of weddings may go down, but the quality is going to be exponential. Yeah, yep. I totally agree. And yeah, I'm not sure how much you've, you've kind of kept up with like specific wedding filmmakers, Craig, but there's a lot of people out there doing some pretty exciting stuff, like the whole elopement um, 
photography craze has kind of uh, made its way into wedding filmmaking now. So it's not uncommon for people to, you know, go on a hike. And I, I actually I can imagine you kind of, you know, I don't want to speak for how your business would go, but I could totally see you know, you taking your couple on a big hike, you know, Yosemite is, is kind of crowded these days I hear for, for wedding filmmakers, photographers, but, um, kind of that adventure videography adventure, you know, wedding filmmaking is huge. And I think with COVID it's kind of just sparked like a whole new genre of wedding filmmaking, which is really exciting for our market because I think that's going to retain a lot of people because that's much more exciting kind of content. Uh, for a lot of people out there where they're like, I don't want to do, you know, the ballroom wedding. I would much rather create stories and, and create a space where I can do more of the art that I'm drawn to. Um, so that's really exciting right now in, in the wedding world, certainly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Craig, kind of, you know, with, with your travel videos and, and whatnot, um, what is next for you? Do you see this as kind of like a long-term um, position for you to be in just creating these these videos traveling what, what are where are you evaluating yourself right now the recent success I've had with teaching people how to go on hikes and inspiring them to go out there and do it and then also packaging packaging and distributing the experience as content I'm definitely gonna use that as a springboard I'm gonna continue it but I'm gonna use that energy to springboard more into just producing using my, my life, my personality as the content that I share and inspire people to follow in my footsteps. And that's just video, audio, streaming, uh, just kind of motivating people to work for themselves and follow down that road. I'm really excited to help people do that. Uh, and then just documenting things that, places that I go to and explore. That'll definitely be a, an aspect of my videos in the future. I'll, I'll probably still do more hikes, but uh, definitely more of the trip and the experience, the food, the people, you know, I just want to share it all. So, you know, we're here on the channel. Um, we're kind of closing out this podcast, which I wanted to say thank you so much for joining, by the way. Yeah, thank you, man. Um, but, you know, before we go, I just want to give you an opportunity because you still, like I keep telling you, like you got fans on the channel. People still appreciate what you have done. Um, still helping people to this day make a career for themselves. And I don't know if that's something you have allowed to like sink in what you've accomplished. But I, I, I just wanted to remind you today that like there's a lot of people who feel like they owe their careers to you as wedding filmmakers. And so now we're, we're in front of them. We're sitting here. So what, like you got a chance to kind of speak to that audience. So what would you want to say to the wedding film school community? Yeah. Kind of what I said earlier, I'm just, again, very grateful. And I, looking back, I, I absolutely remember how fun it was and the amount of work that we all put into like creating content and just adding comments and caring, you know, that's content on itself. It's like a reaction to the content that I'm creating. So there was a lot of work on, on all, from all people, like helping to make the channel work. Cause I could have just made videos into the ether and if no one watched and gave feedback, like it wouldn't have worked. So, you know, I just want to thank the people who did care uh, because it got me to the point where I am right now. And uh, yeah, it was all worth it. Had a lot of fun. That's awesome. So when's your next wedding, Craig? <laughs> I do get people asking me to shoot their wedding probably. <laughs> okay, here, week, no, here's my question honest. though. If so, somebody was like, I'm going to get married on top of some crazy mountain, would you go shoot their elopement? <laughs> I probably would not. 
I, I haven't even entertained the idea of saying yes to a request like that. Um, I've gotten people who have asked me to do that exact same thing. And I've also had like other creators pitch out, you know, the idea of me doing that. And I was, I was just waiting for you guys to be like, why aren't you doing that? Oh, I, I, I know why you're not doing it because <laughs> you don't want to, <laughs> but I just assumed what if you was a wedding on the moon? Yeah, Elon yes. and Grimes they, wedding yes. on Mars. I would I'd probably <laughs> Okay, that. okay, so there yeah. is a wedding. That's the one I'll There say is yes a wedding to. you would shoot. <laughs> yeah. I like yeah. that. Yeah. All right, yeah. man. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. And it was just, um, <laughs> I know it's going to be really exciting to the people um, on the channel. And um, I also think you have a valuable perspective um, as someone who, because I, I did want to say this, like your journey is unique in some ways, but I think a lot of people like weddings are a place in their life. They're not where they're going to land. They're just a, a stop. And so I think it's always good to have someone who's on the other side of that wedding journey and they're doing something else creative. Um, because you know, if you're listening to this channel, you might end up in production. You might end up travel vlogging. You might end up just being a dad who knows what you want to do, but like you, it's okay that you're not always doing weddings. You're not a failure. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, yeah. And I just, I just, the advice I would give to anyone engaging with the wedding film school or just content in general, like just stop seeing people as competition. Just help. Like there's just so much value and long-term benefit from building your credibility as someone who's helping and building instead of critiquing and tearing down. And there's just so much work to be done. And we can all be awesome wedding filmmakers and creators. And if you want to move on to the next aspect of your life, like welcome that it's just, just, yeah, it's all awesome. I'm just excited. And I just want to share that optimism to everyone. I, I think it'll help, you know, everyone going forward. I couldn't agree more, man. Yeah. Awesome. Last words, man. Well, if you've been watching the wedding film school show, thank you for making it this far guys. Um, I wanted to remind you to, do all the YouTube things, click the bell because we actually go live once a week right now. Um, and you'll want to be notified when we do go live. We do live film critiques, uh, doing them every Friday night right now. Um, but depending on when you're listening to this podcast, it could be another day. I very, very want to change that. Yeah, so. <laughs> it won't be the case when in the middle of wedding season. But yeah, yeah. click the bell so that you know when we're We going will be live. doing them weekly. Yes, we're going to be doing them weekly. Um, we just did website critiques last week. So every once in a while, we'll throw a curveball at you and do something a little bit different. Um, they've been really fun lately. I've really been enjoying that. I mean, my, my Craig, I, you got to check it out, man. You got to come to the, the it, we'd love to have you critique. Yeah. Can I do the, em the emperor? Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> You'll just only come on at the very end. You won't say any words. I'll just bring you on and be like, all right, Craig. Yeah. We invite people to, to, to pour their favorite cocktail or, or you know, microbrew or whatever and, and hang out with us for a couple hours. And uh, it's a lot of fun. So you should do it. Um, make sure you are following um, the Wedding Film School um, on Facebook as well because we have a pretty active community, uh, becoming more active by the day. Um, and so if you have questions, tons of people on there that would answer your questions when it comes to gear, when it comes to COVID rides, which there's a lot of those conversations right now. Would love to have you guys join the conversation as well. Make sure you check that out. Guys, thank you for listening to the Wedding Film School show. We'll see you next time.